Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up, everyone? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Before we get started, make sure you are subscribing and following on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening and you leave that rate and review. Again, that really, really helps us out. We've got a loaded one for today's show. Steve Nash getting hired by the Nets, what the impact is on the Pelicans by that hire. Jacques Vaughn staying on staff in Brooklyn. The possible hiring of Ty Lue in Philadelphia and some other implications on the coaching job for the Pelicans. So don't go anywhere. You're going to want to stick around for this. Talked a little bit about it on The Word with G and Lafayette, ESPN 1420 yesterday, but we're going to expand quite a bit on today's show. So starting off with that big hire, Steve Nash being brought in by the net, signed a four-year deal yesterday to become the new head man in Brooklyn. Joins a recent list of former players, mostly point guards, looking at it, who were signed to be head coaches with no previous coaching experience. And he joins Derek Fisher, former point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers and Oklahoma City Thunder, who took a job with the New York Knicks back in 2014, I want to say, 2013 maybe. Steve Kerr by the Warriors, you know, he took over for Mark Jackson in Golden State. Jason Kidd by Brooklyn back in the day, back in the day, when he coached that Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett team that had a bunch of old guys on it and the experience, or the uh, expectations were really high. And then they were just very mediocre, that that team. Jason Kidd coached them first year, no experience. And then reference him again, Mark Jackson with the Warriors coming off his career in Indiana. And I think he did some some color announcing prior to that. I'm not positive, but more recent names that we would recognize in the past. I know Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson have done the same thing, did do the same thing at the end of their playing careers. They they did some coaching, but once again, in reference to Steve Nash, we, we heard that the Nets were seeking him out. This As of yesterday, we heard this, that they had to convince him to come on. Steve Nash wasn't necessarily looking to take over a head coaching position and the Nets ownership and Sean Marks GM for Brooklyn basically had to reach out to him, basically had to convince him otherwise that he did want to become a head coach. Nash, prior to this beginning of his head coaching stint, was an advisor for the Golden State Warriors when Kevin Durant was there. He and KD had a great relationship going back to Oklahoma City. The the days Kevin Durant was with the Thunder. So also, this is a guy who likely already has the respect of Kyrie. We know that Kyrie isn't going to automatically respect anybody. But Steve Nash, being one of the greatest point guards of all time, you got to know Kyrie. Kyrie is a smart guy. He's not dumb. 
He sees what Steve Nash has done, two MVP awards, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game of basketball. Kyrie has to believe that Steve Nash has a thing or two to coach him on. And we know that Ty Lue has the previous coaching experience with Kyrie Irving, but he also was LeBron James head coach. And you got to know that KD was like, I don't want to be tied to LeBron any more than I already am in terms of those two being two of the greatest players of this generation he wants to win now that he uh now that he artificially got those rings in golden state he wants to get them i i guess in his own way in in brooklyn with with kyrie with his friend kyrie and a hand-picked coach just for him so more power to you kd i i guess based on what we've heard it makes sense i mean in situations like the Nets are in, obviously Kenny Atkinson wasn't the guy for them, especially with KD and Kyrie coming on. They want to win now. They're not looking at development like they once were, and and Kenny Atkinson was the guy for that. Obviously, there's a big reason why we've talked about him a lot here on the podcast, why Pelicans fans have looked at Kenny Atkinson, and, and they like him because he can develop what we're hoping Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson to be and and other role players to be around them. So just not the guy in in Brooklyn and neither was Jacques Vaughn, but Jacques Vaughn staying on staff uh, in Brooklyn. He will be the associate head coach to Steve Nash, which I like a lot. I like keeping that guy on. I like it for one, because he's not going to be brought into New Orleans. I don't think the Pelicans need a former head coach with basically no good track record other than in the bubble. And what that means for the Nets is that they've still got the other guys on that team to be the grit and grind type of guys that had to earn their spot in the NBA. And Jacques Vaughn did really well with those guys in the bubble. The Spencer Dinwiddie's, the Joe Harris's, Jarrett Allen, Karis LeVert. Obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie wasn't in the bubble, but Vaughn is a guy that can really continue to work with those guys and continue to make them feel valued despite the hiring that was basically for Kevin Durant and for Kyrie Irving. So I really, again, I really like that. I really like them keeping Jock Vaughn on. He knows the other guys. He's been in the locker room with them before, and he can help Steve Nash move forward with those other guys who know that Nash was not brought in for them. In situations like this, it's so easy to say, yep, that was for KD and Kyrie and move on because those are your two stars. Those are the two guys that are going to make you a championship team or not a championship team. And I mean, the hire makes sense for them. But what about the other guys? How do you get the other guys to buy in? And I know Steve Nash is the great, one of the great, not the greatest, but one of the greatest point guards of all time. And I'm sure a lot of these guys, especially Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, have a lot to learn from Steve Nash, but the other members of this roster are largely probably going to feel like, okay, well, how do I factor into this? What's my role here? Is Steve Nash going to make them buy in? I don't know. Does he have a track record of that? I don't know because he's never been a coach before. But what Jacques Vaughn can do is reach out to these guys and say, look, you matter. Remember what we did in the bubble? You can contribute that, maybe to a lesser degree, but you can contribute to that on this team, and we can win an NBA championship. Jacques Vaughn made those guys feel valued. Despite the few games that they did play, Jacques Vaughn went out and made those guys winners. 
So you got to love that move. I, again, going with Steve Nash, ballsy hire. Was it good in terms of relationships for KD and Kyrie? Absolutely. But a ballsy hire nonetheless. Anytime you go into the ether and come out with a coach that's never coached before, let alone been an assistant coach before, it's going to be a hit or a miss. Derek Fisher, that's a miss. Steve Kerr, that's a big old hit. Jason Kidd, bleh. Mark Jackson, bleh. So, I mean, this, I like it on, on its face. I like it a lot, again, because Steve Nash knows the game. When you When you hire a coach that's never coached before, you're going to probably want to go for a point guard, i.e. Steve Nash, because he was the head of that Phoenix team under Tony. He knows offense. KD is a good enough defender now, especially after spending his time in Golden State, to help this team be good enough defensively. Jarrett Allen is going to help out on the defensive end. DeAndre Jordan, you know, he's a little bit older, but he can help to a degree. So, this team is going to be really, really good offensively. I think Nash can impart a unselfish part of Kyrie's game back into this team. I know Kyrie has been known as a primary scorer for the last however many years, especially since he left Cleveland, but he kind of needs to integrate that back into his game, especially now that he's got arguably the greatest scorer of all time playing alongside him in Kevin Durant. And from what we've heard, Kevin Durant's playing at the same level or close to the same level as he was prior to the Achilles injury. That's what we've heard. That's also based on practice. We've heard a lot of things based on practice throughout the NFL, throughout the NBA, and we're not talking about practice. Shout out to Allen Iverson. So who knows what it's going to look like. Maybe Kyrie will take on more of that primary score. You know, the, the conversation that has yet to be had about this pairing now that I'm thinking about it because of what happened in the last few days with the Bucks and the Heat series in that a lot of what we've been hearing is that Giannis is not a closer, which he's not. And Kyrie and KD have both been the closers for their teams in the past. I'm curious as to how they're going to go about that. Maybe they'll switch off and on. I'm curious as to how Steve Nash is going to go about that as uh, the head of that head of that franchise, I guess, in a sense, head of the roster. But basically what what the Nets are going for here in this hire is they're peddling to their two, two stars. Fine. Absolutely. I understand it. It makes sense. That way, That's what you do for guys now. That's why Kenny Atkinson was fired. You pander to your stars. That's how you're successful in the NBA now. And a lot of hires are based on relationships. In situations where you've got stars on your team and you're looking for a new head coach, a lot of those hires are based on relationships. Sure, they're based on team culture. Absolutely. I think Steve Nash will build a a culture around this team or at least facilitate aid in building a culture around this team that will result in success for Brooklyn. I mean, that's easy to say when you got Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving on your team as well. And, and the depth that the Brooklyn Nets have, assuming they bring everybody back. But a lot of hires on teams like this that have stars, bona fide stars already, those hires are based on the previous relationships. So it makes sense. Basically what I'm getting at is it makes sense. I like it. I think, I mean, Steve Nash is my generation's point guard. You know, 
when I re- refer to a generation or my generation, I'm thinking when I really got into sports, you know, the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 range where it's just like sports are your whole life and school is the and Steve Nash really fell into that category for for me and my generation. Just a stud with the with the Phoenix Suns and obviously joining that what was supposed to be a super team in Los Angeles and the Lakers and it really just falling apart. But that's not what his legacy is about. His legacy are the Phoenix Sun days and the the Dallas Maverick days with Dirk Nowitzki. So again, I like this a lot. I think it's gonna work. But again, if it doesn't, they still got KD Kyrie. They'll be fine assuming those two continue to work well together. (laughs) Those are two of the most interesting personalities on one team that are apparently really good friends and they want to play together. And uh, we'll we'll see how it turns out. Anyway, how does this affect the Pelicans and their coaching hire? Obviously, Steve Nash was not a name that was well thought about throughout the league. It was really just a surprise hire by the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think anybody saw this coming, at least by... Twitter standards, and I I don't know that anybody throughout the ESPN Fox Sports realm had any idea that this was coming either, so pretty sure we're all uh, surprised by it. So implications on the Pels hiring going forward, what does this mean for, for them? Again, there's no direct implications on the Pelicans because Steve Nash wasn't a prospect for them to hire him. But the question remains... And I responded to Louis Prejean's tweet about this yesterday. He asked if there's any if there's any way that this affects the Pelicans. And I'm going to remind you what I just said. Teams that already have stars want to pander to their stars. Teams that have the capability to reach success want to pander to their stars, reach success in the immediate future. Obviously, we're not talking about the Bulls. The Bulls are not going to pander to Zach Levine. Zach Levine's a good player, but the rest of the roster is so bad, they're not going to pander to him. If there was another star, maybe both of them. Zach Levine's not even a star, I would say. Anyway, so are are the Pels going to pander to Brandon Ingram? And pander might not even be the right word. Maybe it's just a association that they're looking for, for Brandon Ingram. Maybe they're looking for a guy that Brandon Ingram likes, but they're, I mean, you know, David Griffin, he's not going to rely entirely on the players and say, what do you want? This is not the the way he's going to go about it. But that has to be an added bonus, right? They're probably going to sign Ingram to the max contract this offseason. They want to make him happy, make him want to stick around for a long time. And you could say maybe they should maybe they should consider an opinion from Zion, but Zion's just coming off his rookie season, played what, twenty-six games, something to that effect. So not not necessarily gonna be somebody that they look to for this hiring process. Brandon Ingram, a four or five year vet now, just had his his best season of his career, really was the MVP for the Pelicans this season. So do they look to Brandon Ingram and say, Do you like this guy? And if it's a resounding yes, that certainly doesn't hurt. Tell you that. And who's the name that you might be wondering? 
a name that we didn't talk about at all, again, with Louis Prejean when he was on the podcast just a few weeks ago, week ago, maybe. And that was very briefly brought up, maybe a few times after, but once, at least in some sort of depth. And that was way back when we had Chris Conner on. And he just put an article about it on the bird rights. And if you're not reading the bird rights, check it out. Chris Connor absolutely crushed this article. He thinks, and he has convinced a large part of Pelicans fans that Jerry Stackhouse is the guy for the Pelicans. And how does this link to Brandon Ingram? They're from the same town in North Carolina, Kinston, North Carolina, B.I., Grew up as a star in there. Jerry Stackhouse going on to play for North Carolina, UNC there. And Stackhouse kind of cooked, kind of took Brandon Ingram under his wing, was a big part of Brandon Ingram's development, and they have a known relationship. Stackhouse has been a mentor for Brandon Ingram for quite a while. And if you haven't read this article by Chris Connor, again, check it out. The dude absolutely crushed it. Stackhouse is a current coach for Vanderbilt, and... The Commodores went 11-21 and 21 last year, and they're still dying to have Jerry Stackhouse back. Stackhouse is known as a guy who was kind of a journeyman in the NBA, but his coaching career, while it's been short, he's done a lot. He was on staff with the Toronto Raptors, led their G League affiliate to a G League championship. Now coaching with the Commodores, was on a six-year contract in Vanderbilt, and known as a guy who's a people person, known for focusing on defense, known for development, and we could list on and on the, the characteristics that he brings to the table. But this is the name to watch for if the Pels are really going to emphasize that relationship focus for this team. I wasn't necessarily, I mean, like I didn't know a whole lot about Stackhouse. I, I hadn't heard much about him and, and him possibly being brought to the NBA prior to my conversation with Chris Connor. And I was looking into it. I mean, <clears throat> he didn't convince me right off the bat when we had our conversation. We didn't talk about it much. But going and reading that article, I still really like Kenny Atkinson for the Pelicans job, but I'm I'd be fully on board for Stackhouse to be brought in. I don't want to go super in-depth because I don't want to do a spoiler on, on Connor's article. I think you need to read it, but I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I think, and you know, we've talked about it before with other coaches like Darvin Ham who have NBA experience and they can get garnered that respect from players right away. And Jerry Stackhouse is another guy who can do that. These fringe guys, not necessarily fringe because he played a lot of minutes in his NBA career, scored some points, got a lot of rebounds, but he was never really a star star. That's the type of guy that I see being very successful as a coach in the NBA. Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers, George Carl, Jerry Sloan. Phil Jackson played in the NBA, but was never known as a huge star. I love just about everything about Jerry Stackhouse and that hiring what he would be able to bring to the table in New Orleans. A next possible hire, we haven't heard much about it since the original tweets, was that Ty Lue could possibly be brought on by the Philadelphia 76ers. And 
Elton Brand's tenure in Philadelphia has been pretty rough. Let's just say that. Spent close to 100, I think he did spend $150 million between Al Horford and Tobias Harris rather than focusing on bringing back Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, who I roasted on Twitter, but I still like Jimmy Butler. He just didn't play well in this last game. And what the rumor is is that they're finalizing a contract. They just fired Brett Brown. Like, it just happened. Maybe in this last week. And they're already hiring their new head coach. I just... And it has, again, it hasn't been finalized. It's not done. It's not in set in stone. But there's a couple things you don't rush in life. One, you know, falling in love. Two, getting older. I'm 24 as I say this, so I'm kind of spitballing here. And three, hiring your damn head coach, unless it's freaking like Bill Belichick or Phil Jackson back in the day, not now. The Sixers really rushed this. They said, oh, he's NBA championships. I got to sign him. I don't like that. I like Tyron Lue as a fit for teams that are vying for an NBA championship. Sure. I think the Lakers should have signed him instead of Frank Vogel, but Vogel's done a fine job, so props to him. But I think that... He will be fine. I think they'll win games, assuming everybody stays healthy and they get something figured out with this roster. Because if they don't trade away Al Horford, they're just going to be again this year. They're going to win games again, but they'll be very meh. And I'm going to tell you something. I know this is not a Sixers podcast. Houston's going to move off D'Antoni. They're going to probably lose four games in a row to the Lakers, maybe 4-1. And he's going to be out in Houston. That should be the Sixers' first call. Because they can't figure out this offense to save their damn life. They have a lot of really good defensive players. But if there's going to be anybody to figure out the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid dynamic on offense, it's Mike D'Antoni. I would love that hire. I don't typically... I mean, I'm not a D'Antoni guy for the most part. But that team has so many defensive players... And so many guys who just have a lot of capability on, on offense, but they just can't figure it out, that I would love for them to hire Mike D'Antoni. I would love it. That'd be awesome. Again, I'm not a Sixers guy. I'm a Pelicans guy, obviously. I will leave that out there. I'll probably tweet something about it here soon. But I would love for them to hire Mike D'Antoni. So... Assuming that they do, the, the Sixers do hire Tyron Lou. the question remains for Pelicans fans is what are they, what are we missing? What are we missing by not getting Tyron Lou? And there's two things, experience, championship experience at that. And you might get an assistant coach that's been to the, that area before or has played in a championship before, but Tyron Lou has played and coached 
in NBA championships. He won an NBA championship as a coach coming back from 3-1 with LeBron James. He's already got respect of players. I mean, he coached LeBron, coached Kyrie, coached Kevin Love, and he won a title. And he won a title with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal as a player. And those two things are, are huge, especially for a young team like the Pelicans. He comes in, they say, this is a guy who's won before. I'm going to listen to him. So from that aspect, I would have liked the hire. On the other hand, they might be better off without Ty Lu Because Lou, I mean, we know he's looking for a veteran roster. We saw how he did without LeBron and without Kyrie the year after they both left. Went 0-6 to start, and then they let him go. He's not a developmental coach. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to come in and coach veterans. Doesn't want to build. That's clear. So a question on that front is, would he even be invested to the degree that we'd like him to be if he were to be hired as the Pelicans head coach? I'm not so sure. The Pelicans, as much as we want them to be contending for an NBA title right now, that's just not the case. They won't be for a few years, more than likely. And Tyron Lue isn't around for that. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to coach veterans. He wants to coach grown men. And he wants to fight for an NBA championship right now. So assuming the Pelicans decide to... or. Well, assuming the Sixers hire Tyron Lue and the Pelicans are unable to go after him, I, I think they're better off. Again, I wouldn't mind the hire. I think they can do better. There are a lot of hires that I wouldn't mind, and I'm not looking for the Pelicans to hire a guy that I wouldn't mind. I would much rather have them get Kenny Atkinson 1 or Jerry Stackhouse 2. And I've got another guy, kind of Darvin Ham, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but... Assuming the Sixers grab Tyron Lue, Pelicans are better off. I think that he's a good coach. I think that he's underrated as a coach. I think a lot of people give all the credit to LeBron James and say, he led the team, he was the GM, he was the coach. But Tyron Lue still had to do something. You know, I mean, he, he is an NBA head coach. He still contributed to the Cavaliers winning an NBA title. And I think he can be really good for any team that goes out and tries to get him maybe not the best fit for the Sixers like I've said but he is a good coach and I think he will do well also another name that I like for the Pelicans is Sam Cassell a name that we haven't talked about a lot Preston Ellis wrote an article on that and did a really good job now for Darvin Ham I'm gonna write an article here soon about what he could bring to the Pelicans do I necessarily want him to be the head coach no not, not as we get further especially into what we're seeing eh. I'm writing the article about what he could bring, not that he should be brought in. <laughs> I don't even know if he's on the Pelicans' top five list. I know he was brought on by the Bulls for, for an interview, along with Kenny Atkinson and I think Ime Udoka. So we'll see what happens with him. But in reference to him being brought on, I talked about this again on, on the Word with G and Lafayette on ESPN 1420 yesterday. Honestly, I think Coach Budenholzer is hurting Darvin Ham's stock right now. I think Darvin Ham can be brought on in 
Chicago still like a, a team like that who's young and, and looking to build I think he's a great fit for them I think he Adrian Griffin Emi Udoka those are the guys that can be brought into Chicago and, and uh, can build what they want to build and, and start from the ground up but I don't think Darvin Ham is a guy for the Pelicans and I'll tell you why the rotations that the Bucks have been running in the playoffs have been utter garbage uh Giannis played 35 36 minutes and in games where you are fighting for your playoff life your star should be playing 40 plus minutes Chris Middleton should be playing more minutes Eric Bledsoe coming off that injury I mean Bud has more or less stuck with his rotations no matter what no matter the circumstances he doesn't adjust the offense has looked bad and the discipline of the Heat is kind of kicking the Bucks' ass. Pat Riley and Eric Spolster culture is just taking over and moving past what the Bucks' talent and momentum has done for them this just regular season. They don't. They don't have a closer. Giannis isn't a closer. Chris Middleton, while he did hit those three free throws to well. Hopefully send it to overtime until the refs botched that call at the end of the game. He's not a closer either. Eric Bledsoe, he's a dog. Yeah, but he's not a closer either. If the Bucks lose in six or fewer games, I'm out on him. I don't think that's a guy that can move off of Budenholzer and be a guy who's under Budenholzer and win to the degree that the Pelicans want to win. I think he's, again, a good coach that can be brought in by the Bulls, by a team like that that's young and wanting to ascend and and progressively get better and, and get on an upward trajectory. But I don't think he can bring the Pelicans to the promised land. So he can bring things to the Pelicans. He has pieces of his coaching repertoire that he would bring and, and he'd be good at. And the Pelicans would benefit from, but he's not the best option for them. And Coach Bud is making it quite clear. Again, I like Budenholzer. He's a great regular season head coach. But if the Bucks are bounced in the second round of the playoffs, in the semis of the playoffs, ooh, ah, they're lucky Giannis's contract doesn't end this summer. They are very lucky that his contract doesn't end this summer. Pels fans, we're going to continue to talk about the coaching, possible coaching hires as as rumors surface. Obviously, the Pelicans have been dead quiet, and it's probably going to stay that way. Maybe until they do get a coach uh, officially signed and brought into New Orleans. So either way, we're going to be talking about it here on the podcast. We're going to continue to talk about free agents, how the Pels will go about the draft as we get closer to the draft, as more things uh, surface as as. Pels probably will be making trades and such this offseason once the championship comes to a close. And we'll talk about the NBA as a whole as we continue to go forward as well. The Pelicans, not in the playoffs, but we'll be talking about the playoffs as they continue to move forward as well. Once we're getting to those championship rounds, the, the Eastern Conference Championship, Eastern Conference Finals, 
Western Conference Finals. We'll start talking about the NBA Finals, who our picks are, and we'll have some more guests on here to talk about a few other things as we move forward as well. And in case you want to get any sort of content from the Bird Rights, from us at Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans, you can go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter, E-L-I-O-T-C-L-O-U-G-H. And while you're here, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe, leave a rate, and review. Do it! That really, really helps us out. And if you're listening on a different platform, go ahead and do the equivalent over there. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And you can check out some more Pelicans coverage on SB Nation's The Bird Rights. That will include work from former guests like Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Chris Connor, Kevin Barrios, and David Grubb. Don't forget to shoot over to at Elliot Clough on Twitter and give it a follow. Once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.